welcome to the Starsology Astrology Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Price, and I'm here with my co-host, Owen O'Neill. Hi, Alison. It's great to be here again. It's great to have you once more. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the eclipse season for autumn 2023. Yes. So we're going to be having a look at some of these eclipses and deciding what a season is anyway and what eclipses we've got coming up and um, generally some introductory to eclipses. Absolutely. Okay. So generally with eclipses, what happens is we have two eclipse seasons each year and the eclipses occur when the sun reaches either the north node or the south node on its journey around the sun. So therefore it takes six months to go from the north node to the south node and then a further six months to go from the south node to the north node. And whilst it's in in several degrees towards that node, we can actually get eclipses. This is where we have the two eclipse seasons. And today we're going to be talking about the autumn 2023 eclipse season. We have particularly, we've got two eclipses in this season. We have a solar and a lunar, but each season is different. There could be a lunar and a solar. You could have three eclipses, four eclipses. And if you look back to 1935, they had five eclipses during one season. Wow. So, yeah. So, but in general, you have two. You have a solar and a lunar or a lunar and a solar. So that's what we were looking at for this autumn season in generally in October. Interesting. Yeah. So eclipses are one of those things that um, early astrologers really looked at strongly. It was something that was thought to be very important. Um, and, and for early humans, even, um, it was very alarming, obviously, to look up into the sky and bright daylight one minute and then the next minute the sun is suddenly slowly disappearing and followed by minutes of total darkness in the middle of the daytime. Early humans thought the world was ending anywhere from just total apocalyptic catastrophe to fears that the crops would not appear that season or or whatever. A lot of importance was hinged on on eclipses in early human history. And and so obviously it's come to, to mean something very different now in our modern interpretation of astrology, but it is still something that is important that we look at. If you've never seen a total eclipse, and this, as we're we're talking about these eclipses that are coming up, uh, we are not actually going to be experiencing a total eclipse in uh, in North America, but what we are having is a partial eclipse or an annular eclipse, not to be confused with annual, but annular, and it will pass over the southwest states. So it'll go from approximately Eugene, Oregon, through uh, Utah, Nevada, and down through uh, Texas, and then across uh, a few countries in South America, including Guatemala, etc. So that's what this one in October is going to be doing. Historically, however, this is one of my favorite articles that I've ever read. It was actually an essay uh, called Total Eclipse, uh, which we will link to in the show notes by Annie Dillard. So if you wanted to look that up on your own, it's just called Total Eclipse. It was written in 1982 by Annie Dillard, and that's D-I-L-L-A-R-D. And it was about a, a total eclipse that she witnessed in uh, in eastern Washington. And her description of it is just so profoundly beautiful and affecting. It just makes you want to run out and and actually go wherever you have to in the world to see a total eclipse sometime in your life before you die. This is now a mission of mine after I've read this article a couple of times. Literally, it affected me so profoundly just because her writing is so beautiful. And and she brings in all kinds of just human existence and existential dread and what people must have been feeling when they were on the Euphrates, the banks of the Euphrates in ancient times, looking at what they thought was like a dragon eating the sun or, or however they, they described it. And um, so this is, this is the historical sort of uh, 
context of That's eclipses right. and, and why they are important to, to us humans they are i mean it's quite it's quite visible isn't it have you not experienced the total not a total one i almost in 2016 i believe it was we had a very very near solar eclipse here and it was i believe 92 percent yes it was quite good which seems like it'd be pretty total but the the sky never really seemed to darken Mm -hmm. where we were and it where we were is Vancouver. If we had traveled down to sort of mid uh, Oregon, it would have been total, but we didn't. And uh, we stood out in the courtyard of uh, of one of the buildings downtown, and uh, a lot of people had uh, eclipse glasses, and you could really see, like literally, you'd look up into the sky and look at towards the sun, and you would see this cutout which is crazy. You're looking at it, it looks full because the sun is like an incredibly bright yes. star, but you'd see this Pac-Man looking like bite out of it, which was, I yeah, it was just crazy. Not Pac-Man because that would be a triangle, but anyway, it was <laughs> just a disc over the sun, literally the, the moon over covering the sun partially and, and almost completely. And a lot of people actually had uh, little homemade devices, little cardboard things, little cracker jack boxes, you know, that worked really well. And the people were very generous about handing them around and letting people see, especially children who came to watch. And um, and it yeah. was just a really interesting little bonding moment. I felt, yeah, like yeah. like this is something our human ancestors have been doing for eons. And, and here we are taking a moment in the middle of a work day and, and all just congregating out to stare up at the sun. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, back at, in that one, I was down here at Robson Square. Yeah. I was actually um, had a day off and I was there with my with my eclipse glasses doing the thing. And um, it, although it wasn't total, it was still the closest thing we've had recently yeah. since I've been in Canada. Yeah. Um, but when I was in South Africa, we had a total eclipse um, in the town of Palagora where I lived, which is like, it gets to 40 degrees C in the summer. It was yeah. sweltering. Wow. And suddenly um, we knew this eclipse was coming and we're all outside with the kids and it was slowly, slowly, it got darker and darker and darker, but it also got cold, which was suddenly unexpected because it's super hot there and the birds stopped chirping, which was something. And uh, my kids got, some of them were anxious and they ran in the house because it was like gloomy. Um, But yeah. Uh, I think if you can if you can go and see an eclipse, you absolutely need to. Yeah. And you do get people called eclipse chasers yeah. who get on planes and fly in the shadow of the moon yeah. so they can extend that eclipse as long as possible. Although, of course, the moon does go faster than the plane would. But still, yeah. it's, a, it's certainly a thing. Oh, that's another thing, too. There were pictures from, from airplanes that people took. Uh, that was a huge, I mean, you can just Google it if you weren't around or don't yeah. remember that, um, the 2016 eclipse um, airplane photos, like would be the keywords to find those. Remarkable. Amazing. Really, so, really neat. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Because of course, <laughs> the danger is you travel to some place and then there's some cloud cover and then you know, well, this all is, is the lost, thing. right? This is the thing. And yeah. of course, if, you're, if you've if got um, an eclipse path that's going across, say, the States or somewhere, you know, populated, yeah. those hotels are booked up oh years gosh. ahead. Yeah. Um, and people are just camping out in fields to see these eclipses. Yeah. So these these are generally what we took. These are the solar eclipses, and that'll be the first one that'll be coming along. It'll be around October the fourteenth, thirteenth, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, depending where you live. But for us, it's going to be October the fourteenth, and the eclipse will actually be at twenty one Libra mm-hmm. um, at the South Node. So that would be the actual position where this eclipse, the first solar eclipse, is going to occur. And we would then want to look at it, well, where does this occur in your chart? Mm. So we could get some kind of interpretation on that. Yeah, absolutely. So the general rule with eclipses is the amount of totality for each eclipse indicates the amount of you then 
extrapolate that to the amount of months of the effect of this eclipse. Because back in the day, they thought the eclipses just uh, were in effect for six months from one to the other. But as astrologers now, we're a little bit more precise. And we we know that this particular one on um, uh, October the 14th, the totality is going to be five minutes and 17 seconds. Mm -hmm. Thank you, NASA. And therefore, as astrologers, we can um, interpret that the effect of this particular eclipse, if it triggers your chart, will be five months and yeah, 17 point something of the month. So generally five months, one week will be the effect of this particular eclipse, which is really quite long. Most of them are much shorter than that. So that's an interesting thing. So if you've got planets or points at 21 Libra, Mm -hmm. this eclipse will affect you and it will be in effect for at least five months afterwards. Interesting. And certainly if the eclipse occurs to conjoin your sun because it's your birthday, it's then built into your solar return chart. So then you'll have the full 12 months of this eclipse manifesting in your life. Interesting. Yeah. But for those of us who have nothing in Libra and this is not connecting to our charts, it generally passes by Mm -hmm. unnoticed. Yeah. So if we take this solar eclipse that's happening on October the 14th at 21 Libra, we would, we would, the first thing you would want to know is, well, where is it occurring in a chart? And is it making a conjunction to any of your planets? Right. And oh, and is it making a conjunction to any of your planets? Well, apparently it is. It is <laughs> making a conjunction to Uranus or Uranus or Uranus, depending on how, how you much want to pronounce you that. <laughs> yes. I went through a phase of wanting to say Uranus, but I mean, I just, that sounds awful. I'm, I'm back to your... Uranus? Uranus? Okay, we'll go with Uranus. Uranus, yeah. So we've got a solar clip conjoined Uranus. <laughs> it's super Greek. <laughs> oh, brother, yes. So, we, so what does Uranus represent in your chart? How would you well, see this being expressed? It is in my 12th house. It is in Libra. And it is loosely conjunct Venus and Pluto because that's a generational thing for me. And mm-hmm. I, it's hilarious because I, I kind of think, even though Venus is in the 11th house for me, not the 12th house, mm-hmm. which I would consider uh, frightening and not something I'd want to tell people about, especially potential partners or friends. No, my <laughs> Venus is not in my 12th house. What are you talking about? Um, anyway, uh, but Uranus is. Pluto and uh, and Venus are in my 11th house, but they're all like within like nine degrees of each other. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a rolling conjunction, mm-hmm. as they say. Um, but I kind of picture it like, you know, those like early 90s kind of movies where like there was like a goth trio in high school and it was like a girl and like two guys and not not twilight i'm just talking about like high school movies where maybe they were goths and uh you know that's what i picture i picture like some goth girl which is venus and then like her two best friends who are like guys and that's pluto and uranus and they're just like they're wearing different black eyeliner and the trench coats and they're very artistic Mm -hmm. and maybe she's in love with one of them and maybe they're both in love with her and you know they get into trouble okay that's how i picture it (laughs) those are my libra planets yeah so anyway so with this solar um eclipse occurring on your uranus from my point of view i would be looking at it if we take the uranus as the representation of astrology in general in your 12th house this leans into your astrology research yeah and um, probably maybe a deep dive into something starting new because it is really technically a new moon it's it's a new beginning it's an eclipse on a new moon exactly yeah and so, you know, before the eclipse, you might be thinking about humming and hawing about something, but at that point of the eclipse, as it triggers that uh, 
Uranus in your chart, you may find uh, something piques your interest yeah. astrologically and you decide to go down a different route yeah. or explore something new or do some other things that we were talking about a little earlier or maybe, you know, yeah. looking into different things. Exactly. Yeah. So sometimes And, um, you know, once you, once we have this five-month period under your belt, we can actually come back at our next Eclipse uh, session and, and Say, discuss hey, how did that unfold. Yeah. yeah. How did it unfold? Did you find the effect there? And because it actually does have to... Eclipses have to connect to your chart, otherwise they pass yeah. you by. Yes. There's no question about it. Absolutely, yeah. So that's very interesting that you've got that um, that full-blown connection there. Yeah, totally. We didn't know till we had a look, right? Right, exactly. Okay. So in the spirit of looking back, what we can actually now do is look back to the Thursday, April 20th eclipse, which was in Aries, and that was at 29 degrees Aries, so if we have anything, I know neither of us do, but if anyone in our audience, listeners have anything at 29 degrees Aries, what happened around April 20th of last year to you? Mm-hmm. Did anything happen that was major? Did anything get started at that time that has lasted a few months? And if so, tell us about it. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. We're, we're curious, and it's all about personal experience. We, you know, it is. We, we, can, we can list a bunch of textbook stuff, but in the end, it's all about, like, what actually... You know. How did it unfold for you? Exactly. Yeah. Was it good for you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, totally. this is it. And I tr- honestly believe that with eclipses, they are subtle. Yeah. And it's very much like a, it's a powerful new moon, technically. Yeah. But if it doesn't connect with a conjunction to your chart... It, honestly, it's passing you by. You've yeah. got bigger fish to fry with the other planets. Yeah, it's so. just like that partial eclipse thing. I mean, we could have, if we didn't know that it was almost yeah. like 92% back in 2016, we, may not have known. we might have been just walking in, like, what is all these, why are these people wearing these funny glasses? Yes, <laughs> you know? yes. Literally. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and so the things you might have felt in with in the previous eclipse, because it was in Aries, and Aries is sort of a more combative, competitive, uh, ambitious sign that you might have been uh, compelled to like plow ahead into some new endeavor, a new project, something new in your profession or some yes. new personal endeavor that was unusual and different and maybe just changed directions for you. So that's something to look for if you do have something at 29 degrees Aries. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and obviously um, Libra is the opposite sign. This is another thing about eclipse seasons. They affect the cardinal, this particular one, obviously, since the the previous one was in Aries and this one is in Libra, it'll affect the cardinal signs the most. So Mm. if you have anything at those direct conjunct uh, points, that's something to look at. But um, just on a milder sort of level, if you have anything at the cardinal degrees of those Capricorn, Aries. um, That's right. Yeah, et cetera. And obviously Libra is... The opposite of Aries, yes. it's it's more about well, it's partnership. Six, mo- six months on, yeah. and we've got the Libra one, which we're talking about now. Yeah. And now the the sun has reached the position of being near the south node. Yeah. So south node eclipses are I relate them to when the tide is going out off the beach, hmm. and it actually removes all the all the all the trash off the beach, and it's a time for you yeah. to let go of your stuff. Interesting. It's a releasing where you can get let go of people, partners, and junk, hmm. or whoever, that you know, yeah. friends that are not no longer serving, and it's a time of letting go because it's a south node. Yeah. So that would be the solar eclipse on the 14th. Interesting. Whereas the other one is, is different. We'll talk about that in a moment. So yeah. pay, if paying attention to where, which node the sun is at will give a clue as well as how this is going to be expressed for you too. For sure, yeah. Okay, great. So let's turn our attention now to the second eclipse of this 
autumn 2023 eclipse season and this will this is going to bring us a lunar eclipse on october the 28th or 7th or 29th depending where you live in the world but in vancouver it's going to be on october the 28th and it will be at five degrees taurus so this is a lunar eclipse and again at the north node now this is a partial eclipse which means that if you can see the moon that night you will actually be able to see it going into the shadow of the earth partially and the part of the moon will be covered so it's not a, it's not a full one but still it's it's of interest and we, yeah. we pay attention to these things i would imagine it's more visible than yes. a partial social so, solar eclipse exactly so yeah. with the solar eclipse you can only see it if you're on that path going yeah. through the states but with the lunar eclipse if you can see the moon that night you can see the eclipse so it's half the planet will be able yeah. to look up and see Therefore, of course, we see more lunar eclipse than we do solar. Right. Interesting. But yeah, so because the sun and the moon are in opposition, you've got that situation where as the sun, technically as the sun sets and the moon rises, it's a full moon anyway. Yeah. And it dominates a lunar eclipse, rather, whereas the other way around, the sun dominates. Right. Yeah. So this eclipse is going to be at five degrees Taurus. And um, I don't know, I wonder, does that connect with your chart? Boy, does it. It is conjunct by Mars. Oh. <laughs> Really? It's all about me today. Oh, oh my really. God. It's, it's definitely your season. Yeah. Let me have a look at that again. Let's just see. We said it was Three five stars. degrees Taurus. Yeah. There, I am. there it is. So we can, yeah. I so mean, that's in, in the seventh house. So, yeah, I don't know. So it's all, it's all go with your guy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, <laughs> Okay, so because it's in Taurus and because it's a lunar week, which is the moon is actually then in Taurus and it's exalted there, it's well placed, it's likely to bring, uh, we want to say, um, because of the opposition, you, there could be some projection, but you can clearly see what is going on. There are, there is no, you're not under any illusions about situations. If the socks are lying on the floor, you either accept it or you move on, but there's not this, oh, I thought he was a saint, but now I realise he isn't. <laughs> Or whatever. Right, right, yeah. And, of course, depending, that's going to be probably your experience of it. Right. So because the sun is at the south node, the actual eclipse occurs where the moon is, which is at the north node. Right. And this is symbolic of the tide coming onto the beach, bringing goodies to you, bringing driftwood, bringing shells, bringing who knows what, a chest full of gold and golden doubloons. It brings stuff towards you. Interesting. Um, Whereas the south node cleans things out this brings new things to you so it could be people situations uh jobs relationships or something like that wonderful so there may be some new aspect of your relationship with him or you might if it's not him you may meet some other person a young man who is going to perhaps even because it's seventh house become maybe a business partner someone you can collaborate with on something or other or some other project you want to be doing but it's going to bring new things to you Excellent. Yeah. And my partner did just start a new job. Which oh, is, okay. You know, that's one thing, but yeah, that's awesome. That's great. So that will occur, as we say, um, October 28th. And also the, I couldn't get the timing from NASA. They used to put it on their data sheets, but they haven't been doing that for the past few years. Mm-hmm. So I'm not quite sure on the timing on this, but because of that, I'll take an average of three months from that date to say that whatever occurs on Eclipse Day will then manifest further for you in those three months. Because yeah. in the nature of your Mars... In the nature of the seventh house, Taurus, blah, blah. And that will manifest for you in that particular way. Amazing. And again, if you don't have this eclipse triggering your chart right. whatsoever, yeah. it's it's really going to just pass everybody by. Yeah. No, anyone who doesn't have something at five degrees Taurus. 
Yeah. So obviously, if it's not directly conjunct your any of your planets, so if it's not at five degrees of Taurus or 20 degrees Libra, I believe we said 21 degrees Libra uh, for the solar eclipse on the on the 14th, then you don't really need to think that it's going to affect you a lot. But you can still take a look at what house it's passing through. Right. And that can be interesting because we just discussed what what it means passing through my seventh house. Yes. And that's it's interesting because it's about partnership and it's about possible business partnerships and those things. What house is this going to be in for you? It will occur in my 10th house. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully... Bringing fresh new goodies into your Fresh business. new goodies into my business, yeah. yeah. A new, who knows what, opportunities and connections and North Node stuff. Awesome. A, tr- a treasure trove of doubloons will arrive on my beach. I love it. Yeah, so, <laughs> so take a look at your chart and find out where you have 5 degrees uh, Taurus and uh, 21 degrees Libra and just look for something happening <laughs> in, right. in the on houses that day. those recommend, uh, yeah, that, that represent on, uh, on those eclipse days. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And of course, if it actually happens on your birthday, it will be hard baked into your solar return. Yeah. So that's always interesting if you've got an eclipse yeah. on your birthday um, to pay attention to those. Definitely. Okay. Okay. Oh, and so just to recap, we've got we're into the second eclipse season of 2023. We've got two eclipses. We've got a solar eclipse on October the 14th at 21 Libra, and then this two weeks later we've got the lunar eclipse on October the 28th at 5 Taurus. These are going to be eclipses that will occur in that autumn um, eclipse season for us this year. And um, actually, I look forward to um, coming back again in six months' time to see what in the 2024 eclipses, to see how things unfolded for this. Eclipse is happening every six months. It's certainly um, an episode that interests me that we could uh, certainly talk about again um, every six months, technically, with eclipses. Absolutely. Because there's no point talking about them at any other time except when they're happening, right? Right. Okay, lovely. Well, thank you so much again for being here with us. And uh, it's been great having you. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been great. Thanks so much for getting this far through the episode. I just want to take a moment to tell you about the two main options of my astrology services. So the first one is coaching. If you are an aspiring astrologer, and by that I mean someone who's perhaps a hobbyist astrologer or someone who's learning astrology or a student, or you've got a few books and you've been doing it for a while, but perhaps you need a little bit of help to bring it all together, then maybe getting some astrological coaching from me would be the answer for you. The astrology coaching I offer is a one-hour session on Zoom, and it's tailored to answer your particular questions. For example, if you have issues with natal chart readings, we can go there. Or if you're having problems working with your forecasting, we can go there. Or even basic astrology stuff, or even getting yourself organized for your astrology business. The idea is that astrological coaching will answer your particular questions. It's tailored specifically to you and where you are in your astrological journey. And I'm happy to help you out with some guidance about how you can get going, what to focus on and what to dismiss. So that would be the astrological coaching for people trying to learn astrology. The second astrological service I offer is consultations. So this is for someone who perhaps doesn't know anything about astrology, but they just want to have their chart read or get their chart done. Call it what you will. So once more, this is a one-hour consultation over Zoom. I will interpret your chart, tell you about the main features, 
tell you about where the energy is flowing and all the rest of what is entailed in a thorough natal chart interpretation. I can also add in some forecasting in there too, bearing in mind we only have one hour. So just in summary, I've got coaching for people who want to learn astrology and I've got uh, consultations for those who want to get an astrology reading done. I'm Alison Price from Starsology.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.